Easter, and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much, maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. with another Sophie Ben duo. What's up, Ben? How's it going? I'm doing great. I'm excited. This is a great topic today. Yeah. I'm really excited. I think this topic is one that people have a hard time admitting to, and I'm raising my hand for those not watching on video. Like I'm someone who tends to do this, and sometimes I really don't catch myself in it. But the theme of this week's show is going to be all about blame. And I am really excited to hear your perspective on this because I feel that blame is something that maybe like you don't even realize that you're doing it. In my example, I feel like it's like a default. It's kind of like just like a knee jerk reaction. And I want to explore with you why we do that. Mm -hmm. And also, you've been a really good teacher in that there's certain tools that we use and we did them because they served for a certain purpose. But once you're awake to the fact that like it's not serving you and it's not actually giving you the results that you want, and it's actually super stunting your growth like what we can do to get out of that blame cycle. What is your relationship with blame? Uh, Well, my relationship with blame is at this point, pretty clear. There are, uh, there are times like, I certainly remember times in my youth, I had just this temper and the temper always wanted to lash out at other, at other people. I remember golf in particular, like I I played golf a lot. I really wanted to be on the, on the PGA tour when I was young. And so I was like practicing all the time, but I was so hard on myself. And when like, you know, something wouldn't go well. I can remember just being like, these clubs, this ball, <laughs> this hole, the, the greenskeepers and how dare they and all this other stuff. So I remember a lot of that kind of feeling. And then, um, and then there was like, you know, there was like a powerlessness that I, I felt in my, in my early twenties, I think around the head injury and where I was with that, that I think it was really easy for me to kind of blame, especially women, you know, in, in my life, like I would really like someone and then feel powerless about that and not even be able to show up on the radar. And I remember there being like a kind of a resentment around that, that would happen feeling so powerless. I do think that's one of the reasons why blame shows up for us is that we we feel like we're kind of a little bit out of control in our lives in some ways. And then um, it's just, it's really easy. Like the ego has all these protective mechanisms so that we don't have to see ourselves as the the problem, the source of, mm-hmm. of all things. And then, um, you know, it's easier to like point a, point a finger at someone it's so else. It's so much easier. Yeah. Um, it's really funny that you had that thought in golf because it's like literally golf is you and you, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's true. It, I guess that's funny that I think of it that way, but for me, it was, it wasn't me that I was blaming. It's a useful example to think of, because I think that's actually what we're doing probably anytime we're blaming is we're really actually upset at ourselves, but it's just like, we're pointing our finger at whatever's closest. I feel like it's been so useful to me to not berate myself 
for when I catch myself doing something that is not serving me anymore. You feel like you've done a really good job of being like, Hey, like you did that. You came by it honestly. And like, there's a reason why you've been in that cycle of doing this thing. Cool. Like you're recognizing it and there's a different choice to make, Mm -hmm. uh, which has been so useful to come from a place of, of, of not fear, I guess, you know, can you talk to us a little bit about like how blame serves you and at what point to like check in to see, is it not serving you anymore? Cause like yeah. there is a reason it's there, but yeah, you said well, to the ego's point. Yeah. And that's what I think. I think it's the ego's point. So I, I want to make uh, a dis- draw a distinction here because it's one thing to say, like we came by it, honestly, it's another thing to say, like it's serving us in our kind of highest and best sense of self. Mm-hmm. Like it's there to protect us. And to feel like we're worthy and to feel like we're a valuable human in in contribution. Mm -hmm. Now, that is, as long as we recognize that that can't be challenged, that it's we're worthy, regardless of what we're able to do in the world, regardless of what results we're able to create. And that that's like like maybe a topic for a different podcast. Maybe we'll talk more about it here. But as far as like the acceptance piece for ourselves, once we can accept ourselves, then the blame question has like not really a lot to do with that. So so that's what I'm trying to d- draw the distinction here is that there's there's the way that we use it, the strategy that we're employing it for is to, you know, protect our ego, to make sure that we don't feel like we're less than or unworthy. Whether or not that's actually serving us is a different question because I don't think that there's really any situation in which blame actually serves us and our development as a person and our like fulfillment. Now, it's, it's here to protect us and some image, self-image of ourselves, perhaps. I, I think that it actually doesn't do that thing. Really. I think that when we, when we, a per- up, like a perceived protection. Yeah. Like there's almost like a story that it's somehow protecting us because two things, if we're blaming someone else, well, we might get out of some of the responsibility for the situation, but so we're actually now we have less power than we had before because literally power and responsibility, they're two sides of the same coin. You cannot have one without the other. And so to the extent to which you're willing to accept responsibility for things is the extent to which you'll have power and vice versa. The extent to which you have power over something is literally the extent to which you're responsible for it. You cannot have the one without the other. It's like Spider-Man says, with great power comes great responsibility. And so what happens is we, we, like, we think that we're serving or protecting ourselves. I think that's the subconscious's desire is mm-hmm. to like protect ourselves with this blame. Oh, well, if it's not my fault, then... You know, I can't be blamed for it. Yeah. I really think yeah. it's, it's this way of like um, removing us from fault. And without responsibility, we can't have power. So we're actually in a less powerful place. And I think also that subtly undercuts our our sense of self-worthiness in the world too. Because if what we're really saying is we're a victim. If it's somebody else's fault, meaning it's their responsibility, meaning we have no power, then we're a victim in the world, in their world. We're living as a passenger in their world. And I think that's one of the real dangers of blame and why it's, there's not any situations that I can think of. And, but feel free listeners to challenge me, (laughs) let me know. But I don't think that there are any reasons why blame ever actually serves us just seems to serve us. So let's say a listener is like, oh, identifying places in their life that they could be blaming. You know, like for example, um, you're not growing on Instagram. The tendency is to blame the algorithm, right? Mm. Or you're not landing things for your clients and you're blaming that it's summer and no one is responding because they're all out of office mm. um, or any of those types of things that like could be areas in your life or they're not losing weight and they're blaming, I don't know, like their partner because they keep wanting to go out to eat at really great restaurants. Uh, right. McGuire, if you're listening, this is uh, to you. <laughs> 
Just kidding. But anyway, just finding areas in their life, like as we're talking, that they're like, oh, maybe I'm blaming in, in these areas. I want to take accountability. Like, but there's there's certain truths to certain things, you know, and the, like the conversation on the algorithm is happening for a reason. Like there's there is some sort of like truth to that. So how do you like distinguish and like give the truth the the place that it deserves and also put the person back in power? Because just saying that the algorithm is like out to get you is obviously not going to get you where you want to go. You know? Yeah. It's a really great question. I love all these examples that you're using. I do want to notice that for, for most people, it, I don't think that it shows up as like, I'm blaming someone else or something. I think it, it really, like the way that you're saying it is the, how it shows up. It's like, well, there's, there's just these reasons that exist out there and they're exactly. outside my control. And let me and- be clear. Yeah. Let me be clear that I'm, I've only recently caught all these areas where I can label them as blame, which all, which it, I, I think to myself, like, do I want to be a person that blames? No. So then I've chosen to take accountability, but like, I've only recently been able to catch all the areas where I was subtly blaming and just in my mind saying that story or reasoning that this is truth, you know? Totally. And you might not even from the place that you're in right now, be noticing all of the areas where definitely not blame thing is showing up because <laughs> Because it's so sneaky. Because see, it wouldn't work. This thing wouldn't work to protect our ego, to protect our our sense of worthiness, right? If it wasn't a plausible story for us, like like these these stories that we tell, they don't work if we can see through the bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? They only totally. work when there's like some kind of um, you know it, juiciness to it. Like it works. Like like the story actually is plausible. It's viable. It's believable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have to have that in order to buy into it. And uh, what you're asking really is like, so to what extent does reality outside of ourselves have an impact on our sense of personal responsibility or power capability in the world? And I think like, I think this is a really interesting thing because there's a, there's a way in which it lets us conserve energy to not try to do something that where we're going to be banging our head up against the wall. Cause we've got to remember that the brain is set up to do like primarily keep us alive and conserve energy. And it's doing all these things like behind the scenes to preserve energy for mm-hmm. some reason. And that's like where all the cognitive biases come from. And that's like all of these stories is so that the brain can like hold on to our energy. Because if you like, if I say, Sophie, push really hard against that mountain and move that mountain, you're going to be like, you might try for like a second. But as soon as you realize just how heavy the mountain is, you're going to be like, mm, I, don't, I don't think I'm going <laughs> to do that. That's too hard. I'm not going to do it. And so when we come up against an obstacle that we believe is actually legitimately an obstacle in our way, then our brain will be like, cool, pump the brakes on that. Let's go focus on something else and do that. And so what we're really talking about here now is then our beliefs in what we can find a path to possibility. Because the cool thing, the interesting thing about this is like you're you're using these examples and we might say, well, we're really genuinely out of power in the algorithm. We don't have any say in it. And it's like, well, maybe the that that's not necessarily true. Although the question of how to do that might be beyond what we're actually willing to go and address because there might actually be a way to change the algorithms. I mean, like I just read this book stolen focus by Johan Hari and you know that he he's like putting forth this idea that we kind of could march on Congress and change the algorithms. And well, if you think about how political changes and revolutions have happened in the past, they've been against things that seemed out of people's control and then they did something about it and they organized and they, you know, worked really hard at something. And then ultimately they made changes in what seemed to be an impossible situation. So the, the question is like, where do you believe 
it's possible. Mm -hmm. And what are you willing to do? Because again, like, you know, my go-to example is flight. You know, there was a time in which it was impossible. The laws of nature and gravity meant that human beings could not fly. And that was the truth. So we could like blame gravity that we can't fly. And also until some people figured it out. Yeah. Because they were unwilling to take no for an answer and they took responsibility for their own ability to fly. And, and if you think about it, we honestly, we have no idea what is possible. Really? Like sus- suspending disbelief is a really useful tool, I think. <laughs> Depending on what you, you know, it's all always yeah. going to come down to what you're willing to work toward and devote your life toward. So for someone listening, that, or even for me, like clearly, like I'm just scratching the surface on the areas where I'm now able to even label blame and mm-hmm. taking more ownership in the places that I am in choice. And we're obviously in choice in everything or most things, but mm-hmm. a lot of things we can't actually. Let's answer it for me. How can I become even more alert on other areas that I am stunting my growth because I have this like belief that is blame that I haven't been able to even categorize it as blame yet. What's, what's like a, a red flag? When you feel like you're out of control in your life, when you feel like you can't do something, when you, when that word can't be on the lookout for the word can't, I can't do that, or it's not possible, or, um, you know, the, the, there's this frustrated feeling that happens that I think we can look out for that we can recognize, you know, mm-hmm. the Instagram example, like, ah, like I'm trying, I'm not getting the results that I want in the world. You know, the, like all those things you were saying, you had, you had some goal, like the, whether it was the weight loss or it was the Instagram thing, or it was the placements or whatever. But the thing is like, there's some goal that we have and we're being frustrated about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that could be a time to notice. This might be a way that you, you, you explore for blame. Where am I not getting the results that I expect to get or that I want to get in the world? And then why? Why am I not getting them? Why do I think I'm not getting them? For the Instagram one, like, I don't know why. Or like, let's say podcast, because that's that's actually like one that I care about, right? Like, I and, and this one, I actually haven't been blaming anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I just I'm like, I don't I'm just I keep doing the podcast thinking like, okay, you know, I'll do it consistently. And hopefully it'll con- but our numbers are pretty much stagnant. And let's say I have this narrative of I actually don't know what I'd be blaming here, but like blaming, I don't know, like what, what could I, what could I be like subconsciously blaming? Um, well, it doesn't seem like you are blaming right now with this. And that's the thing you're like, we're trying, we just seem to stagnate, but it doesn't sound like you're saying it's because of the, yeah. whereas with the, with the Instagram example that we were using before you were saying it's because of the algorithm. Yeah. But I guess then like as a red flag, like the red flag was like, what are areas of frustration that you're like feeling out of control? I feel frustrated and out of control in the fact that I'm showing up and doing it and doing my best and like doing it consistently and all of that. And it's stagnant. And I don't, I actually don't know when I sit back and I'm like, where or why or how, like, I, I don't know right now. Right. So the the frustration alone doesn't necessarily get you into the, into your, uh, (laughs) into what, what you're blaming. It's when you ask, why is that? Why am I not getting the result that I'm looking for? And then if you get an answer other than I just haven't figured it out yet or whatever, something like that, something to that extent, you know what I mean? You're putting responsibility on yourself. Yeah. Like if you're getting an, if you're getting an answer that says, well, it's because McGuire just keeps wanting to go out to these damn restaurants. You know what I mean? <laughs> if that's the answer that you're getting back, then we're onto something. You know what I mean? If when you ask like, why am I not getting the results that I'm expecting to get in the world or that I'm wanting to get in the world? And the answer that you're getting back is, because of something outside yourself, that's something to notice. So like, is there a world in which like, you're like putting too much responsibility on yourself? I don't it's know. 
it's a reasonable question that I think everybody gets to answer for themselves because there's like, there's like a world in which there's like an ideal level of responsibility, which is like perfect responsibility. Mm-hmm. Okay. For every moment of every day. If you do that, my hypothesis is that you'll be a very powerful human being in your reality. And to the extent that you do not do that is the extent that you're giving up your power. So like, you know, what we're, what it sounds like the desired question is, is like, well, how do we know what our level of responsibility that we're willing to take is right. And it's like, so as much as you're willing to take would be what I would advocate for. Is that the easiest thing in the world? No. The more responsibility you take, the more power you have, the more responsibility you have. Mm-hmm. Like more money, more problems. Well, that's because the more money you have, like literally the more you could do in the world. Do you think that there's like a fear of having that level of power? Like, do you think that people fear their own power? What do you think? I mean, I know what <laughs> thousand percent that we do, but I want to hear yeah. you kind of like go off on that. Yeah. By the way, this is like another reason why blame works, right? So I think that's when keeps I started- Keeps you small, keeps you safe. Yeah. When quote I unquote my, safe. Safe, exactly. Safe. Like safe in a prison cell. It's it's really safe in a prison cell. You know what I mean? Super safe. Nobody can get at you. You're in a prison cell, but we're trading off freedom for safety. That I think is the essence of the trade-off here that we're talking about is like trading freedom for safety. Yeah. And that's why the urge to blame, that's where it comes from. We're trying to protect ourselves. You know, I, I was going to say, I, I think back to like starting my coaching practice and how like, well, I mean- if I only knew where to find people, like, you know, obviously, and I, I really think that some of it was some of the the fear that I did wouldn't have even recognized to myself now. But in, in hindsight, I realized it was there was this fear of the responsibility that I would then have to other people, to having a calendar full of conversations with people and to having people looking to me and building that relationship with people where they were trusting me and all that stuff. And then that like was Becoming in my mind at the time, it was like less freedom for me. Ben, we have talked about this like literally ad nauseum. Like (laughs) it's, I think, the most relatable thing ever. And I am currently going through that exact moment that you felt when you started your practice. Yeah, totally. And it wasn't until I, I was actually ready to show up and say, you know, for me, it was commitment. It was radical commitment that got me to where I was ready to do it to take on whatever. And I was like, you know what? No, it doesn't matter because I refuse to go back. I refuse to find any other way. I'm going to burn the bridge behind me. Right. And when I did that, and I- So what was your radical commitment to? My radical commitment was to figuring it out so that I wouldn't have to go back to corporate. I I refused. I was like, there was this moment where, you know, I was talking to Paige and I was like, I was in, I was in complaining mode. I was in the, like the blaming, the whatever the, the, the blame way cycle. the world was. Yeah. I was like doing that and I was kind of complaining about it. And she was like, well, you could always, and she like fed me back. She was like, well, you could always just, you know, go back and get another job. And I just remembered like the cold terror and, <laughs> you know, icy resolve that like came up and I was like, oh, I will not. <laughs> Under no circumstances will I ever. <laughs> <laughs> and from that moment, I mean, literally from that moment, like I got, like I tapped into my grit, you know what I mean? And I just was like, and I, I started to change my relationship with the way that I thought about the, the responsibility to others and having things on my calendar. And I started really, you know, then really digging into all the mindset stuff, the, the visualization and the affirmation work where I'm like, I am a powerful and effective coach and then my calendar is filling up with paying clients. I'm a powerful and effective coach and my calendar is filling up. And I'm doing that and I'm like, you know, ma- imagining it filling up and I'm imagining myself on sales conversations and I'm imagining them go really well. And I'm like really playing in that world. But until I 
was willing to take the responsibility that it was going to come with having but a what business. okay so when you're doing the visioning because like where i'm stuck is that i guess i can't really like see a world in which like that responsibility all of it feels like it flows really easily and then it doesn't feel like all of the calls all, all of the calls that i have currently right now tend to feel for me like pretty much all the time you know what i mean so i'm like oh so like adding more of that adding more responsibility to that doesn't seem like a story i would believe in you know yeah, yeah. and so that's what the blame is protecting you from right now see like so right now you're you've like set this thing up with like well it's out, outside of my control in some ways because you're you haven't reconciled yourself to the possible future where it has worked all these things have worked and now you have the consequences of that in your life and so right now from where you're standing you're you're still resisting that version even though that you're calling it success for yourself but there's like a part of it where you're like oh yeah but then i will be in jail over there and like more of things that like okay so you had the same exact thought that i did so then how did you shift from the fear of what that responsibility would be to envisioning like a a way of taking on that responsibility that would feel doable and light and like Mm -hmm. enjoyable you said the words from your visualization but like if you have an example of what you're currently at that is like not exactly it i don't know if you were like starting at not having the example at all. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. To answer your question, I wish it was something more noble, but it, it was really just resistance and fear to the other. I like balanced out what the possible futures were. And I was like, if I go back to work, I remember how shitty that was. And I would rather do anything else. Death first. That was like, that was the vision for me. Death first. I refuse. Okay. Yeah. And, and then it wasn't, honestly, it wasn't all sunshine and daisies. I actually did go through a period in my business where I did feel you know, like I was kind of getting trapped because I was, you know, I did the manifestation, I did the visualization and my calendar was filling up with paying clients and I was having all these people. And I was now like on the hook all day because I had made these commitments to people. And, you know, and so, so that was like iteration one. And then from there, I was like, okay, well, what am I not experiencing that I would rather be experiencing again to, you know, responsibility is so useful because I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I'm looking at this somehow. And when I'm looking at it that way, I don't feel great. And so like I started saying, well, yeah, it's like this relationship that I'm having with work. And I'm like, I'm like thinking of it as work, as being like this burden and this like heaviness that I'm doing. And so then I ran my affirmations on, I love my work. Still to this day, I love my work. That is an affirmation that I do regularly. (laughs) And you know what? I do love my work. And I'm practicing the visualization of it and I'm thinking about it and I've actually like changed my relationships, my work in a very real, very direct way. And hey, look, as I did that, I was also able to reorganize my calendar and think through like what the value proposition was and like, you know, coordinate differently with people. And all that came as like a a result of the mindset, which only came as a result of my responsibility, right? First came my responsibility for, hey, I'm not liking something that's going on in my life. That's not happening because somebody's doing it to me, right? It's happening because I am thinking certain thoughts about my reality right now. And if I just think different thoughts about my reality, like this, I truly believe, like I'm sold on this to the heart of my being. But like, if you're having a feeling that you don't like, it's because you're thinking some thoughts. And if you think different thoughts, you'll have a different experience. You'll have different feelings. You'll You'll have a different relationship with your reality if you're thinking different thoughts. Now, the discipline of that is pretty boring, just like the discipline of going to the gym is pretty boring. Mm-hmm. 
to wake up, to be, you know, chanting the beads on the beads, <laughs> doing the affirmations, you know, like, I love my work. I love my work. I love my work. What's that like? What is it like to feel that and be in that process? You know, look, I mean, it's not, I could be listening to a cool song or something instead, but it's, it's not. Yeah. It's not that. Um, so I feel like something came up for me that may come for someone that's listening also, but so there's this story or this narrative in my head that like things that are right, just like seamlessly feel right. You know, like I've, I've experienced areas in my life where it just feels like it flows more naturally or like it feels better. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if I was looking at a part of my business and was telling myself, like, if I was doing all of these like affirmations, there's like this feeling of like, am I forcing the shit? Like, am I forcing myself to feel this certain way? So am I just lying to myself? Like, why is this so hard? Like, why do I have to literally sit here? And the, like, the story is like, why am I sitting here trying to convince and repattern myself when I have also experienced just like ease and flow without having to do all of these feeds and affirmations and retraining my mind, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So two, two things. One is that's a really, this is a really great topic by the way. And there's two ways. So this goes to kind of like values alignment or flow actually. So there's a book called flow, but I- so Mihai Chiksen, Mihai back in the eighties, I think it was went and did a survey of a whole bunch of people who had found this flow state who they had found these activities that they could do that they were really living a meaningful existence. Okay. And he studied them. He surveyed them. He asked them a lot of questions and he kind of, kind of found out these characteristics that exist in this flow state. And it's that you, you have a really clear outcome. It's that you have really fast feedback that you can get from your efforts at things. It's that your challenge matches your skill level, like kind of like perfectly, like your challenge isn't too high for your skill and your skill isn't too high for your challenge. Right? It's that you're very present and focused on what you're doing. It's that time seems to slip away. It's that you become unselfconscious and you're not worried about what, how other people are thinking about you in that time. And there's like all these different characteristics that are showing up in this flow state consistently, these eight characteristics over and over and over again. Okay. And so what the rest of the book does is he talks about how, yeah, you can find the areas where you already kind of quote unquote naturally. And all that I think really means is we've practiced it. You know, mm. I don't think anything comes naturally to us. I've met lots of too many babies <laughs> and they don't seem to be good at anything really other than eating and pooping. But over time they become better at things because they practice things. And so I think like naturally just means we've practiced it. That's like my understanding of it. I'm going to challenge you there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Finish your thought. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, these things that we quote unquote naturally find flow in. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. So we can find the things that we're already really values aligned with is another way of saying that, or there is a way in which we can do anything and find the flow state in it by really engage. You could be watching TV. He uses that as an example. This was before social media. These are the example of watching TV, but you could be watching a TV show. And then rather than sort of passively like receiving the TV show and being bored with it, you could be like engaged watching it and like having a hypothesis about where you think the show is going to go and, and like critically thinking about how the characters are acting in the show. And like in this way, start to experience a flow state in watching TV, which most people would say, what, (laughs) what do you mean? (laughs) Or in scrolling through social media. You could be doing the same thing rather than doing it in like sort of a mindless way, a a very passive, receptive way. We could be engaging with social media and like asking questions. Like one way of looking at social media is there's this really cool thing that happens 
in the world today where you can think of anything that you want to be better at, any skill that you want to be good at, and you can go and directly find somebody and then hang out with somebody who's already really good at it. How fucking cool is that? Literally any skill. Grandparents couldn't do that. That wasn't something that was available 100 years ago. You could not do that. You'd have to go and actually actively seek somebody out and find Mm -hmm. them. You couldn't just like be in the same room with somebody like somebody like people are with us right now on the podcast. I'd have to go find somebody who's done all the mindset work and then hang out with them and ask them questions to be able to get it out of them. This is a really cool thing, but only if you look at it that way with social media. And so the the point that I'm making is there are some things that sure we might naturally find flow state with, and we also could find flow state with anything that we're doing, being engaged with changing a tire. How can I do this better? What are, what's my body mechanics like? But I guess like for that second option, you have to like be, or like, it takes a level of like working at it. Like it it takes a level, like if that's not like naturally what you're good at, i.e. like finances for me or whatever, something that's just like not, it doesn't come naturally to you. Mm -hmm. Like there's a level of being like, oh, okay. Like recognizing this isn't as easy for me as it is to do a podcast. Right. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I'm going to choose to get into flow state. There's like a level of work that is or, or like the narrative that I'm feeling when we did. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I have to like now convince myself to like get into this flow state with my finances and blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah. oh, shit. Where there's stuff. Yeah. But there's stuff in life that I'm just naturally I don't have to even sit there and be like, Sophie, how am I going to look at this podcast in this light and do it. No, I just do it. Like that's naturally how I show up. And like, that's naturally how I do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what the question that I originally heard you ask was what, what do we like, why not just spend all of our time in those? Yeah. In those areas. Like, like, yeah. And that like, I can't, I honestly can't remember how we got to, (laughs) to these examples, but like, that you're one of the answers was like, yeah, you could just like affirm yourself, like, oh, I, I'm enjoying this, like that fear of hiring. That's how we that's how we got there. Like that fear mm-hmm. of all that stuff. And it's like the, the fear of responsibility of taking on all of this thing of like filling your calendar, talking to all these people, like being like people are waiting for you for answers or things like that. Like, sure, I could sit there and be like, Yeah, Sophie, your calendar's full of all these conversations that you know that you've already done in the past that are a little bit harder for you to do than doing other things that you know come naturally to you, like doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, like is it worth it to spend your time trying to convince yourself with mantras and affirmations on one thing versus just what's worth it? Because this is what, by the way, where I think we're all rooted in our responsibility is what you're, what are you willing to do? What is worth it to you? That That's the, when you asked the question earlier, like, well, where, where is the line between what I can be responsible for and what I can't be responsible for? And it's like, well, how much responsibility are you willing to take? You, we, the civil rights happened. And, yeah. and that wasn't a thing that existed before, but some people took responsibility for it and they went and they made it happen through a lot of pain and turmoil and, and all that stuff, right? How, how much are you willing to be responsible for in your world? That's what we're really asking. That's what it all comes down to. And recognize that no matter what your answer to that is, you're already standing firmly in your responsibility as you make your answer to that. Yeah. The choice of what you're willing to take responsibility for is all yours. For me, that I was unwilling to go back to work. So I was willing to make, to take the responsibility for filling my practice, no matter what happened. And then once I was full and I had, and I was like stressed out about it, I was willing to take responsibility to not be stressed out about it anymore. So, like, I guess the moral of this is like the relationship to responsibility. Like, what's the why on why you would 
take on responsibility and just shifting your relationship to responsibility as a whole. Yeah. And, and really like, I think deciding what you want in the world, because, because the, the other like kind of short answer to, why don't I just live in the world where I'm already in flow state and all that stuff? It's like, I, I don't know. Can you, have you figured it out yet? Because the only thing stopping anybody from living all only in the things that they've already figured out for themselves to be in flow state is like how to do it and keep doing it and survive that way doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and if you have great, you're doing it already. And if you haven't, are you telling yourself it's because there's something, some insurmountable obstacle in your way that you can't do it? Because now we're out of responsibility. So what are you willing to take responsibility for? If you want to live in the flow state, if you want to live in that space where everything's easy and you, with the things you've already found out how to do, cool. Now we just have to figure out how to do it. And that's your responsibility too, because nobody else can do it for you. People who have figured out how to do that thing, you can use them as models, but still their model is going to be a little bit different than yours in subtle ways that you might not even understand when you're looking at the model because you haven't figured it out for yourself yet. Totally. Yeah. Makes sense. So basically, yeah, it makes total sense. And I, I mean, I know this all in theory and I, I, I'm excited to continue to catch it and like be able to label it so that I can work on having a different relationship to certain mm-hmm. things. Um, taking more responsibility. Um, trying to think if there's anything else that like could be helpful for me and anyone that is definitely dealing with some blame in their life. I feel like if there's any other tangible like takeaway or question to ask themselves, I know that like what I feel after having this conversation is that like, blame is really just stunting your growth. Like it's like procrastinating. It's a different way to procrastinate. Yeah. You're trading the experience of freedom from blame or freedom from fault. You're trading that for the experience of power and being in charge of your reality. And that's, that's why it's such an important thing to talk about and why it's such an important thing to remember. Because look, it's totally fine to stay in the prison cell. What I advocate for is just being honest with yourself. Do you recognize that you're the one who's holding the key to your prison cell? And if that's how you want to live, by all means, live your life. Be safe, be comfortable, be free from fault and free from blame. And also recognize that with that comes powerlessness in your reality. And if you're okay with that, great. And if you're not, cool. There's something that you can do about that too. And it comes from your willingness to take responsibility in your world and in your life. Not that we can necessarily change gravity, but we, hey, we might be able to work around it if we're willing to figure it out. There might be a workaround, but only if we're willing to try and figure it out and keep going. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to leave our listeners with on blame? No, I I do want to say like, I think sometimes the tone that I take is very like, it can be a little bit more on the like, well, just do it sort of way. But I just want to acknowledge that it's really challenging if you're going through yeah. this. And if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, yeah, easy for you to say that sort of thing. It's like, no, it's, it's actually not easy for me to say because it was really hard for me to go through it. And I still go through these things all the time. And being your your best friend as you do that, as you go through your experience in the world is really nice. It, it's OK to be exactly where you're at and still to want to be somewhere else. It's okay to love yourself exactly as you are right now and still want to be somewhere else. And I just want to hold space for that because it's not like, well, damn it, pick yourself up by your bootstraps. It's like, I mean, yeah, that is, it is your responsibility to pick yourself up by your bootstraps if you want to pick yourself up by your bootstraps. And also sometimes it's fucking hard. And sometimes you don't have the energy for whatever reason. Like we were talking about sleep last week and it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, sleep is also important. Eating is also important. If we're in scarcity and fear around money or something in our life that's in, you know, that that is getting in the way or that it's really taking a lot of our energy and attention. It's hard to create space to be in mindset work 
because we're busy being scared. And so all of that is okay. And I just want to like hold space that it's okay to be in that place. Mm -hmm. And also to hold space that there is a way out. And that way out starts with your willingness to take responsibility for your reality. Amen. (laughs) On that note, Ben, this has been a pleasure. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, Sophie. I appreciate it. I'm about to go get the beads out. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Let's let's, get the beads out too. That sounds good. All right. Thanks for the conversation. All right. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.